Hi, I'm Chelsea, the Christian Nutritionist. Welcome to the Christian Health Club podcast. We are here to fire you up in spirit, mind, and body so that you can get out into the world and be everything God created you to be. Welcome to the club. Here we go. Hello friends, welcome back to the club. I have got a special guest on with us today, Tina Anderson from Just Thrive. You might remember that Tina was here in episode 10 to tell us all about probiotics. That was such an awesome episode. That was like guru information. And if you have not listened to it, make sure and go back and listen to that. It answers everything you wanna know about probiotics, why they don't need to be refrigerated, what's the best time of day to take them, all that good stuff. So that was awesome. And at the end of that episode, we touched on K2 just very briefly. And I knew I wanted to have Tina back on the podcast to talk about it. And y'all are gonna think I'm so goofy, but this is how my mind works because I love themes. I was like, K2, bones, October, Halloween, skeleton, Bones. I'm going to have Tina on in October because so, I love me a theme, yo. So here we are. It's October and we are going to talk about some good bone health and K2 is absolutely critical for that. So Tina, before we get started, welcome to the Christian Health Podcast and um, just kind of tell our listeners again a little bit about yourself and how you came to, um, to providing supplements and into the supplement industry. Chelsea, I'm so excited to be here um, with you and your awesome audience. Um, yeah, I have a very interesting journey because I started out my career as a trial lawyer. So I was in um, litigation for many years and then just because of a desire to ha not have such crazy hours at the time, I had two children and I just wanted to be home more with them. So I went into um, more of a corporate setting in the pharmaceutical industry. And um, while I was there, I, you know, I thought it was great because I thought, oh my gosh, we're in this pharmaceutical world and I'm bringing life-saving saving medications to people. But while I was there, I really started to see the abuses of the pharmaceutical industry and the abuses of like when people are, when they're trying to treat chronic conditions and that kind of thing. And I just, mm -hmm. I really couldn't believe what I was seeing. And I just, you know, we saw like one example I think I talked about before was um, one of the reps came in and basically told us like, I'm, my job is to go into every doctor in this um, um, hospital system and tell them to lower the number that they prescribed um, cholesterol meds to. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh my God, I could not believe that my husband and I were in the business together. And we were like, this is crazy. Like what is happening? And we saw this with our relatives. We saw them go on one pharmaceutical and the next thing you know in a couple months they're on 12 different pharmaceuticals trying to treat chronic conditions. So I do think that there is a place for pharmaceuticals and conventional medicine especially in emergency medicine type situations. Um, but it just it doesn't I don't think it's an effective approach to treating treating chronic conditions. Um, and what happens is just that led to more and more issues. You know, you take one pharmaceutical that would lead to stomach issues and that that something you take something else for the stomach issues that would lead to joint issues and you know so on and so forth so um we decided that we were not doing our life's work and so we um studied lots of different went into a lot of different research and tried to figure out how we could get into something that meant something to us and we decided that we wanted to go into something that focused more on prevention in the nutritional natural market and and go back to the way nature took care of us and, and what types of you know um, components and minerals and vitamins were out in nature that we needed and you know we found these game-changing probiotic strains that like you said we talked about in an earlier episode um, and then just as a brand we decided we really wanted to find products that were missing and needed in the market, not just products that, oh, you know, we know vitamin D and vitamin C, like they're good for us, but we know there's lots of companies doing those things well. We wanted to find things that were truly missing in the market and needed in the market. 
and so that's where we um, that's how we ended up in this space and we love it it is the most gratifying career journey I have ever been on by far oh I absolutely love that and um the reason that I really wanted to have you on to talk about K2 is because I get a lot of questions um, about calcium. I see a lot of women getting prescribed these mega doses of calcium, and it really it stresses me out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, hold the phone, hold the phone, everybody, mm-hmm. before you start loading up on calcium. There are some things that you need to know. Um, and so the thing is, and we are going to dive deep into this, is that. Calcium needs certain cofactors, certain buddy minerals and vitamins to get into the places that they need to go, like the bones and the teeth and all, you know, the places that we want calcium to go instead of the places that we don't want calcium to go. And a lot of people get plenty of calcium. It's just that they don't have the right cofactors, these buddies, to help um, escort them into the right places. K2 is a really critical component of that. and so that's what we're going to um, dive deep to into today. So kind of tell me how you got into K2 specifically. I know that, you know, it is a missing piece and it's, it's fairly new, uh, you know, I guess in the, in the industry, um, relatively speaking, just kind of speak to that and how you got here with K2. Yeah. Well, you know, as I had mentioned, we just really focused on vitamins and supplements that were really missing out there. And we we knew, we started researching and learning more about vitamin K2 and, you know, that it was it just is a nutrient that we are not getting from our diet. Um, vitamin K2 is really not found in any major, you know, foods that we eat in the Western population, in the Western diet. So, um, and, and we know that it's essential. It's an essential nutrient to move calcium away from arteries where we don't want it and to put it into the bone where we do want it. So, you know, basically that's the role of vitamin K2. Vitamin K2's job is to move calcium away from arteries, like where we don't want it, like our heart, and into the bone where we do want it. So, um, and it, it's really interesting. Basically, vitamin D, you know, everybody... Vitamin D is like the darling of the medical community. And right. it's like, oh, everybody loves vitamin K2, or I'm sorry, vitamin D3, and it's, it's wonderful. And it is wonderful. It's just that it, vitamin D3, it basically stimulates these osteoblast cells. And the osteoblast, they do that to release osteocalcin. And osteocalcin is this bone-building protein. The problem is that osteocalcin is released in an inactive form. And the osteocalcin requires activation by vitamin K2 to go into its active form. Mm. So once it's activated, once this osteocalcin is activated, it can take calcium and stick it on the bone. Otherwise, the problem is the calcium, you're taking calcium and the calcium doesn't know whether it should go into the bone, whether it should go into the heart. It just doesn't know where to go. So it needs the vitamin K2 to, you know, activate this inactive osteocalcin that's there. So, you know, basically the osteocalcin is the glue. Um, and so if you're taking high doses of vitamin D3 without K2, then it's it's using up all of the body's K2, and then it leads to a K2 deficiency. So it's really important if we're taking vitamin D3, if we're taking calcium, that we are taking vitamin K2 so that it allows the D you know, the osteocalcin to become activated and it allows the calcium to go into the bone where we want it to go into the bone. Okay, right. So if if somebody is taking a bunch of calcium because their doctor prescribed, um, you know, calcium to prevent or overcome osteoporosis or whatever it may be, and they're taking a bunch of calcium, not taking um, K2 along with maybe some D3, um, that kind of thing, then you have this extra calcium, calcium circulating in the body, in the blood, correct? With, um, you know, trying, not really knowing where to go or not being able to get where it needs to go. And so then we can have this, this buildup, um, this calcification of the arteries, correct? Which can lead to this, um, 
cardiac event and not not a good cardiac event no <laughs> right no. <laughs> no not yeah, no not one at all and also um isn't it true that it could potentially build up and cause kidney stones is that accurate yep. yes absolutely absolutely um you know it's just any of that calcification going on in the body whether it's the heart whether it's the brain um, there's studies on brain health with, you know, low, the brain health with high doses of vitamin K27 and um, brain issues, you know, with low doses of vitamin K2. So um, the kidney stones, all those things are calcification that's going on. And it's because the calcium is going in the wrong place. We want to make sure that the calcium is being distributed to the bone. And, you know, that's what that, this osteocalcin does is it literally just acts as the glue for the calcium to stick it onto the bone, which is where we want it. We don't want it to go to the, you know, any of the, you know, arteries. Right, exactly. So for the listeners out there, I just, I want to um, just reinforce that many of us are, are getting plenty of calcium. We can get calcium. Um, we, most of us know we can get calcium from dairy. So if you like some cheese, you're probably getting, getting calcium you need. If you are dairy free, there is calcium found in, um, salmon and tuna and sardines, especially when you eat them with the bones, chia seeds, almonds, figs, white beans, sunflower seeds, leafy greens, like collard greens and kale and bok choy. There's, you know, there's places in the diet that we can get it from real food, um, and so it's not necessarily that there's a calcium deficiency. It is that there is a deficiency of these cofactors, um, these other vitamins and minerals that we must have for the calcium to get into the right place. And so um, one of those is vitamin D3, right? Um, but that is one also that we don't want to just, you know, take willy-nilly, you know. Um, right. You can have your vitamin D levels to be uh, checked for that. Um, another one is magnesium, um, correct? So magnesium makes up about a per 1% of bone mineral content, um, and it's required for the transport of calcium ions across the cell membranes. Um, and so we need to make sure there's enough magnesium in the body, and most people are deficient in magnesium. That's one place um, where you know supplementation can be helpful as well. Um, and so, and then there's this K2. Now, a lot of people might be thinking about vitamin K. There's a difference between vitamin K and K2. Can you speak to that difference? Yeah, you know what? Vitamin K1 is this is what's found in like green leafy veggies, you know, like kale, spinach, broccoli, and all of that. Um, and it's called phylo, phyloquinone. And so vitamin K2 is very, very different. It's called menaquinone. Um, its form is produced by intestinal bacteria. So it's derived from, right, you know, most, if you're going to find K2 in supplement form, K27, it's derived from natto. Um, and that's where you find it, the Japanese food, natto, that people, um, I don't know if you've ever tried it or heard about it. I have it. not. It's, yeah, it's, it's the most, um, I guess it, it's been described as tasting like dirty gym socks, um, <laughs> you know, on steroids. So I guess it's supposed to be very, very nasty. So um, <laughs> well, that sounds good. <laughs> but really, we only, yeah, really good. So we basically only find vitamin K2 from um, natto, the Japanese food natto, and um, fermented cheeses, some aged fermented cheeses. But we find vitamin K24 um, from like organ meats, brain, that kind of thing. But we're not really finding vitamin K2 in food supply in the Western diet. Um, but vitamin K1 and vitamin K2 are very different. They have very different functions in the body. You know, the vitamin K one is, you know, like acts as like a blood thinner, uh, blood coagulant, um, where vitamin K2, as I had said, the, its job in the body is very different. It's to, it's to remove calcium from the arteries and put it into the bone. So they're very, very, they have very different functions, vitamin K1 and K2. And, and really, this is what's so great about you doing this episode is so many people don't know about vitamin K2. I mean, I was at my, I was at a doctor's appointment a couple of years ago before I switched to all, you know, um, integrative and functional medicine practitioners. Um, and I mean, he had no idea what I was talking about when I mentioned K2. I mean, it, he was actually interested, um, but it's just funny, like they have no idea what you're, they're like, oh, K1, yeah, K1, you know, but they don't know anything about K2. So, and yet it's such a critical, critical nutrient that we are, most people in this country are deficient in. 
Right. So, okay. So it comes from a real food source would be not natto, which I'm sure you could find somewhere if you really dug for it, but it doesn't taste very good. It's definitely right. not a part of our uh, Western culture diet. You can find it in some cheeses. I think Gouda, isn't aged Gouda a source of K2? Yep. And brie, um, some aged brie and all that. Yes. Good sources of K2. Okay, which I love those, but unfortunately, I'm I'm having to be dairy free right now, so that's sad. I'm missing me yes. some some gouda. Um, okay, so that okay, so those are good sources. Um, tell us, all right. So the the gut bacteria part of its job is to help us make vitamins and minerals. So they're in there to help make K two. I mean, how does that all work? Yeah. So that's how vitamin K2 is K2 is formed. It's produced by intestinal bacteria. And so they couldn't really find, like we couldn't find any sources of it anywhere. And so um, our bacteria naturally, so in fact, our probiotic, our probiotic strains, we show that they actually increase the production of the vitamin K2 that's within us. But more and more studies are telling us that we need high doses of K2. I mean, it's mm. so important. Now the studies are saying like three, at least 300 micrograms of K2 on a daily basis because that's how important that the K2 is for, you know, the functions of getting rid of the calcium and, and putting it where it needs to go, putting the calcium where it needs to go, getting rid of it from, you know, where it doesn't need to go. So, um, so yeah, basically the vitamin K27 um, that we have, you talked about the cofactors, we actually include... Um, magnesium, like you mentioned, and zinc, which are two of the main cofactors in the K2. So um, basically, we aren't getting enough from our bacterial inside, in our bacteria inside um, of us, and so we basically need the you know vitamin K2 seven um, supplementation because it really it, we're not getting it from the Western population. Okay, so you 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 have to have a dietary form of K2, and then your gut bacteria. Um, uses it or, or makes it usable for the body to kind of activate it and make it work. Is that enough? Yeah, it produced, it, it, the K2 is actually produced by the intestinal bacteria, which is why it's so important for you to have healthy intestinal bacteria because, right. you know, you're, it's also producing K2 um, and other nutrients. Yes, and lot, uh, other vitamins and minerals as well. That's why having the right um, gut population, the bacterial population, um, is so critical. So please, again, if you have not listened to episode 10 about, um, the, the spore-based probiotics, please go listen to it. It's just so amazing. Um, okay. So we are not getting enough. Um, and so we talked about some of the things that can happen. Um, is there anything else aside from, which is quite a bit enough. If, if you are, if that extra calcium is just circulating, can't get into the bones, where it needs to go, it can, um, you know, go into the arteries and create kidney stones. It can go into the joints. Um, it can really just kind of lodge in different places in different tissue. It, it probably might have to do something with genetics and how somebody might be genetically predisposed to um, where that could happen. I would think. Um, I I go. This is kind of a side story, but I think it's interesting because um, I see a Russian medical massage therapist with somewhat regularity. And, um, it is pretty intense. It's not the kind mm -hmm. of massage that's relaxing. It is like work. Like I need to bite on a stick. It's so painful because she is <laughs> working wow. me over, but uh. I have a lot of problems in my hips. And so she'll rub my hips and it, it, you know, it's always crunchy in there. It sounds like something's crunching. I'm like, why, what is that? What's happening? And she's like, yeah. calcifications in your hips. Now this has been a, it's been a while since that's happened, but so, I mean, really it can, and same in my back, like, you know, I rub in the muscles and it, and it can be kind of crunchy and she's like, hey, you got, you know, calcification. So they can really, it could just go so many places that are, it's not the right place. Um, and if we're not um, helping direct it through the proper nutrients. Okay. Right. So, um, K1 is not the same as K2. I think it's very interesting um, that you were calling it like the activator because, you know, I was trained through the Nutritional Therapy Association um, under really a lot of the studies of Dr. Weston A. Price. 
Mm-hmm. And, um, and he was talking, you know, always referring to some vi- important vitamin as, you know, activator X and that, and that was really the, the K2, isn't that correct? Right, exactly. So he died before that was discovered, but he always referred to it as activator X. And um, he knew that there were populations outside of the U.S. that had, you know, had, you know, hardly any tooth decay. They had no issues with growth and development. Their facial, the draw, jaw structure um, was so much healthier and wider than it was in the United States. And he was trying to figure out what that was. What was it that, you know, less heart issues? And um, it was, it they finally discovered that this activator X um, was uh, is is actually vitamin K two. That's what we know now. That that's what yes. he was. He had found. So if you've never heard of Dr. Weston A. Price, very fascinating. Um, to you know, you could Google him. He was a dentist that worked in the early 1900s and was getting very frustrated by all of the cavities and um, you know facial, you know, problems with, you know, children being able to hold their teeth in basically. And so he went all over the world, traveled all over the world, which was not easy to do at that time, setting um, cultures that, you know, ate real food and um, noticing that, you know, they did not have this tooth decay. Their, their facial structure was able to hold all of their teeth. Like, you know, we think it's so normal now to get wisdom teeth out, you know, like that when we're right. But I mean, we were born with these teeth and um, originally our faces were able to hold that. We did not have to have our wisdom teeth out. Um, but over the years and with more processed foods, um, you know, our, our bones and our teeth and things have suffered. But he did discover this activator X is K2 and it has taken really this long, look where we are right now. It has taken this long for us to really, um, bring it to the attention, um, that it, that it needs, you know, give it the attention that it needs and, um, and share with people that it's very critical for long-term, um, for bone health, you know, for teeth and just really for, um, cardiovascular health also. Right. Well, and that's the great news about K2 also is that it is studied. You know, one of the biggest, you know, core values of our company is that we we have everything is research and based, research based. You know, we don't do anything or you know, promote anything that we feel that it does not have research behind it. As you know, we have the double blind human clinical trial on leaky gut for our probiotic product, but and we have a pro, we have a study that's on our formulation of K2 for cardiac output. But in addition to our studies, there are other studies out there. I mean, vitamin K2 is one of the most well-studied nutrients out there. And there was a massive study that was done by Rotterdam University. Um, It was a study that they took 4,800 men and women. That's a huge, massive study over a 10-year period. They were all men and women that that were over 55 years or older. And again, it was a 10-year study. And what they showed is just with 45 micrograms, just with 45, and our, our product has way more than that, but it showed a 50% reduction in arterial calcification. I mean, wow. there is nothing on the market that can do that. I mean, and we know that arterial calcification is the number one risk for heart disease. Mm-hmm. And the study also found 50% reduction in cardiovascular disease. Of course, those two go hand in hand because if you reduce arterial calcification, you reduce death, you know, um, but death by, you know, um, cardiovascular disease. Mm-hmm. But then here's the interesting part. So we know that the study was basically, you know, based on heart disease. They were trying to figure out if vitamin K2, what kind of impact it had. But then they found a 25% reduction in all-cause mortality as compared to a low t- intake of dietary K2. So this study wow. is showing that vitamin K2 is actually increasing longevity. The study showed a seven-year increase in longevity. Um, so, I mean, the studies on this are crazy. I mean, there, there are just so many studies on how important it is for, you know, heart health, for bone health. Um, there's even studies on it. Uh, there was a study that showed a um, reduced risk of cancer. Um, this was with a population of 23,000 German adults, and it showed a vitamin K2 intake associated with a lower likelihood of developing and dying of cancer. And of course, that would explain the all-cause mortality finding in the Rotterdam study. So um, they also there was a study on K2 that, sh- that was showed to reduce prostate cancer. 
by up to 35%. Um, this was an epic study with 11,000 men. Um, it was a part of this Heidelberg cohort. So, I mean, it was the, the studies on vitamin K2 are are all right. I mean, they're amazing and they're just, just so profound. And, and the best part about vitamin K2 is there's actually no known lethal dosage. So lethal dosage of, of course is, you know, letting us know that if there's too, if you take too much, it could be toxic. Like for example, vitamin K, we know that vitamin K could be toxic, or I'm sorry, vitamin D can be toxic in high amounts. Um, and that's one of the problems with it being such the darling, like I said, of the medical mm -hmm. community is that people are taking high doses of vitamin D um, and they don't, they, it could be toxic. The beauty of vitamin K2 is that it, there is no known lethal dosage. And the more, I mean, our, our formulation has 320 micrograms. All the recent studies are telling us that we need at least 300 micrograms to have a, you know, more of a an impact on our, our, but on our health. But, but the bottom line is these studies, we're only talking about 45 micrograms. So, um, it's really exciting to see, you know, the, the new discoveries in K2, like you said, I mean, there's so many new discoveries. I mean, new discoveries about um, muscle contractions. So people who suffer from muscle cramps, there's some studies on that. There's studies on nerve health, um, that it's actually, it tends to revive nerve damage. Um, also a study on um, mitochondria, like the, how it helps the increase the function of mitochondria in the cell. So we know mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell yes. and we know that vitamin K2 can help revive and rescue these dead and dysfunctional mitochondria cells. So um, there's a lot of great studies. And like I had mentioned, we did a study on um, cardio output and it basically showed a 12% increase in cardio output. So um, that's really great for athletes and people who are you know, trying to increase their cardiac uh, production. So very, very exciting studies on vitamin K2. Those are unbelievable. Really? Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it really so exciting. is. You know, people will say, I mean, I always say we, we start with gut health. You know, gut health is ground zero for health. I, I mean that so profoundly, but vitamin K2 could literally save your life because it's literally taking calcium away from the heart. And, um, and put it into the bone where we need it. So vitamin K2 could ha, has that much of a impact and it, it it's pretty profound. And you know, the interesting thing about heart health too is um, the, the number one prescribed drug for heart disease, disease is statins, mm -hmm. you know? And you would think that as the amount of statins prescribed increase, the amount, amount of cardiovascular disease would go down. But there was a study that was published in 2015. It showed that statins actually interfered with the function of K2 in the body. So statins can actually increase the risk of heart disease. So, um, I mean, this is a study. Of, it, it's just a study out there. I'm not telling people to get off statins if they're on statins. You know, I'm not, although I would love to, but I'm not going to. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm not going to give any medical advice. But, you know, so much of our our um, mission as a company is empowerment. And that's another one of our core values is empowerment. And that's one of the best parts about being in this business is I just want to empower consumers to like, look at these studies. Don't just take for granted what your doctor tells you. Yes. Look at these studies, look, listen to podcasts like yours, get educated on things you need to learn more about. I mean, there are studies out there that are telling us that statins, you know, we know statins are prescribed like crazy. And yet, you know, heart disease is only increasing in this country. And so you would think there would be some correlation. If it wasn't going to be a decrease, it would at least not get worse, you know? So right. I, I just want people to leave, you know, the show knowing that you empower yourself, listen to podcasts, do your own research, you know, look at studies, but, you know, find nutrients that are really going to help make a difference in your life and not just, you know, go with what conventional allopathic medicine has told us. Because we have to remember that, you know, medical schools are funded by big pharma and people don't realize that. And, you know, it's sad, but it's the way it is. So we just have to remember that. Right. And you having that experience in the pharmaceutical industry, um, you know, you've, you've seen kind of all the sides and just, you know, like you were saying at the beginning in your introduction, how the influence um, that the pharmaceutical industry has on these medical numbers like okay we got to lower the uh lower what is considered acceptable as a cholesterol number 
because the lower that we make this number, which is, you know, are fairly arbitrarily set people. Okay. It keeps yeah. going down and <laughs> right. down. Okay. Um, yeah. it used to be 250. Now it's 200. People want to make it lower it, and it keeps going down, but that benefits the pharmaceutical industry so they can, you know, sell more statins. But like you said, there's not evidence that it has really been much of a game changer in helping, um, in, in helping, you know, heart health. And in fact, like you said, if, if it blocks the production of K2, another thing that statins do is um, deplete you of CoQ10, which is critical for heart right. health. And so now, finally, um, CoQ10 is being uh, prescribed along with statins because it depletes you of CoQ10, which you've got to have. So it, it's like you said earlier too, you know, you take one thing, then you have to take another to make up for what the first thing does. And it's just this vicious cycle. Right. Um, and so you truly have to be your own health advocate. Um, and like you said, look, you know, look into these studies and just in, if you are like, we are not doctors here, we're not, that's not what we're saying, but if you are on a statin, if you are taking lots of calcium, this is the kind of information you take to your doctor. You know, I heard about K2. These are some of the studies. What, you know, um, and just to have that discussion, do I really need to be on calcium? Or is it that I can take this K2, check my vitamin D levels, and perhaps that is the missing component that I need so my bones can be healthy? Right, right. Exactly. And, and the other thing I think people don't realize is vitamin D actually increases you know, your body's demand for vitamin K2. So you know, when you have high doses of vitamin D and then you have this K2 deficiency, this is what leads to an increased risk for heart disease and osteoporosis. Mm, wow. So um, people can't look at vitamin D in this silo. I mean, it has to be with the other fat-soluble vitamins like vitamin K, vitamin A, those are all these fat-soluble vitamins that need to be working together. So, um, you know, it, it's really important that you look at the whole picture. Vitamin yes. D is a wonderful nutrient, but we get vitamin D from a lot of places. You know, we don't get vitamin K2 from anywhere. You know, vitamin D, of course, we get it from the sun. We get it from, there's foods that are fortified with vitamin D. We're just not getting the vitamin K2. So it's really important that we, you know, look into this. So. Yes. Well, okay. Let me ask you this. I was looking into K2 and there's all these subtypes. <laughs> yep. And so, you know, I, it looks like M, vitamin K2 NK7 is a subtype that is what Just Thrive uses. Is this correct? Please correct me if I'm wrong and if I'm not speaking to this correctly, but there's all these subtypes and yeah. what, what, what does that role does that play or what does that even mean? Well, vitamin there are like 13 different types of vitamin K27. There's vitamin K21, vitamin K24, vitamin K27. There's, you know, all the way up to like 13, I think. And, okay. Um, but really the ones that are what we really focus on is vitamin K24 and vitamin K27. So okay. vitamin K24 is found in the, um, like organ meats, brain, that kind of stuff. That's where you're going to find the vitamin K24. And okay. it's a great form of it. It's just that it has a very short half-life. And if you ever find vitamin K24 in supplement form, it's, you know, almost, you know, 99% sure it's synthetic. And so we just don't work with synthetic um, products. So um, vitamin K24 in its, when you get it from organ meats is great. And, but it's just that we're not really eating that. So vitamin K27 is... If, is uh, we find it in a, a natural form. So it's, it's source is fermented. It's been, it's fermented chickpeas actually. So that's what our source is. So um, vitamin K27 has a longer half-life. So it'll last about three days. Um, whereas vitamin K27 is like a couple hours or something like that. So, um, you know, we have, it's just, they're very different forms and, um, you know, it's it just, it, it's a longer half-life with a vitamin K27 and, and it is natural. You know, if you, like I said, you, you need to, you, we only work with the synthetic. If you find vitamin K24 in a supplement form, it's almost positively synthetic. So, okay. So when we're buying a K2 supplement, um, you know, kind of what is the crux of the things that we really need to know or be looking for? What yeah, do we want? Well, you want high doses of it. And so um, you definitely want at least over 300 micrograms of um, the vitamin K27. You also want the main cofactors, which are magnesium and zinc in it. Um, 
and you want to make sure it's pharmaceutical grade because a lot what happens is vitamin K2 is a very active compound and so when it sits on the store shelf it may it tends to degrade over time um, whereas like for example ours our vitamin K27 is it we've tested it and it's been it's actually this formulation is used in the pharmaceutical market and by other companies and they basically um, we've been it's gone through all of the vigorous testing in the pharmaceutical market so that it could actually we know that it remains active through the expiration date okay okay that's good to know yeah so it's vitamin k24 is excellent when you get it like i said through meats you know organ meats and that type of thing but we're just not seeing it enough you know um it's not abundant so and the nice thing is vitamin k27 once it gets into your gut it it converts it into vitamin k24 so it's mm, great okay yeah okay yeah i don't know a lot of people eating a lot of brain Right. So. <laughs> I know. But I'm kind of thinking we should start. <laughs> I know. It has crossed my mind, but I can't even get people to eat liver. So, um, right. Exactly. Start, start with liver. And um, liver is an amazing thing to eat for all kinds of reasons. So, organ meats are important. Um, exactly. Our ancestors ate nose to tail. You know, that they went for the, you know, the organs first because they knew that was healthiest. And, you know, we, in modern society, we eat a lot of muscle meats and we, you know, we don't eat the organs, but that's where all the nutrient density is, um, oh, is in those, those organ meats. And so, um, y'all eat your organ meats. Um, okay. So that's kind of what we're looking for, um, in a K2 supplement. So you, you basically said you can't take too much. I mean, nobody's going to be throwing back, you know, I don't know anybody that likes to choke down, you know, more pills than they absolutely have to. Absolutely. Um, but um, but but there is not going to be that same kind of risk of um, toxicity, maybe like with a too much vitamin D, um, or or creating a problem in other ways. Like you said, if you have too much vitamin D, then it creates more need for this K2 and kind of throws things off. So um, K2 is um, safe to take on a daily basis. Like indefinitely, would you? Was that a yep. fair statement or well, too much? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It's definitely, it's definitely important to take it on a daily basis, and really important for kids too to be taking it for it because their bones are building. I mean, um, I have my kids all. I mean, I have older kids now, but my um, my son when he was much younger too, I would always have him on it. He's a, both, all my kids are athletes. Two of them are college athletes, and they you know always take it for the cardiac output, but they also. We're taking it. He was going through, you know, the teenage years and growing like he's now six, five. And, you know, it's I just took it so that his bones would be growing properly and all that. So it's really great for bone development, jaw development, that type of thing. Also, like we like Weston A. Price told us. So, um, yes, it's meant to be taken on a daily basis because we aren't getting it from our um, we aren't getting it from. The Western population, we're not getting it at all through our diet. So, um, and we're getting the, we need to make sure the calcium's going where it needs to go because we are getting calcium. Yes, you know, I would say a lot of people get plenty of calcium, and it's this that is, you know, this is really what's miss missing. I remember when we did the last podcast and we just touched on this K2 at the end, you were about to run over, um, I think, to one of your kids friend's house because they'd broken a leg or yeah, yeah. Some, something like that. Uh -huh. And you were, you were about to run them over some K2. <laughs> uh, that's right. It's like, I've had so many crazy stories with people like that where the doctor's like, my God, this healed. So my, my um, niece had a broken ankle and same thing. Like they, she took it and the doctor's like, my God, this really healed so nicely and quickly. And so um, my sister-in-law was like, yeah, it's because of the K2. And the doctor, of course, had no idea what she was talking about. Like, so, yeah, and then my son's friend uh, had a broken bone, and I ran it over. Exactly, because um, it just went, especially when they have a broken bone, really important to support that healing process of the bone. Oh, absolutely. I mean, because I, I will get lots of questions. Oh, my, you know, my child broke a bone, but, you know, what do I do? Like, K2. Yeah, you know, you K2 can seven. absolutely yep. um Get the K2. So, um, yeah, and also, you know, truly with children and they're just growing so fast, you know, their bones are growing, yes. and their, their yes. teeth and just so much that, you know, be so um, critical for good bone health, but also having that magnesium, your formulation has the magnesium and the zinc in there, which is fantastic because, you know, children, we're all, like I said, so deficient. Um, and magnesium and you know when the kids wake up with 
um, growing pains, quote unquote, growing pains, you know, mm -hmm. leg cramps and that kind of thing. Um, magnesium is one of the things that I've always suggested to people as well, you know, for, for that. And so having the kind of, you know, the awesome double whammy or triple whammy, I guess, of having your, your oh, K2 yeah. and your magnesium and your zinc and everything to support, um, the bones right there and, you know, support that growing process for the kids. is just fantastic. Yeah, we also include um, vitamin K1 in our formulation. And the reason we do that is because if the liver recognizes the K2 without the K1, it may sequester it. The liver wants to hold on to the vitamin K2 desperately. So we put a little K1 in there so that the liver will hold on to the K1 and allow the K2 to be distributed the way it needs to be distributed. So it was a very, very thought out formulation. Um, I mean, it, this was not something that was just thrown together. It was, you know, the, the magnesium, the zinc, the K, K1, it was a very thought out formulation and based on studies and research, which is definitely the way we like to bring products to the market mm -hmm. that's the way you roll it's the only it way we bring thrives. products to the market yeah so it's yes yeah. i love that so the same dose for children even um yep you could give them the same dose because the studies are showing 320 300 micrograms are is a you know therapeutic dose of vitamin k2 but you know even if you're giving them you know, half of that dose. Like our, mm -hmm. the way our product works is um, it's two capsules a day, but even if you gave them one capsule a day, you're, you know, getting 160 micrograms, which is way more than, you know, anybody else is getting. And it's just, it's so beneficial, so beneficial. Even if you did one cap, cap a day, just for cost saving purposes, you know, we have a lot of kids, you want to distribute it to everybody. Mm -hmm. Sure. Is there an optimal time to take it or you take it with food or not with food or you know yep. time of day or yeah it, the we it's definitely better with food so um, both our vitamin k2 and our probiotic um, we have studies showing it works better in the presence of food so i definitely take it with food the way we um, have people take the k2 is to take one in the morning and one later at night so you spread them out um, okay split the dose yeah split the dose um I have, I have to admit, I always forget. So I always just take two in the morning. <laughs> well, yeah, uh -oh. that's optimal. Like if you could, optimal way to do it would be to split the dose. But uh, I, yes. I tell my, my clients that a lot. I'm like, you know, the best way to, to do it is the way that you'll actually do it. Because that's right. You know, if you're not going to do it at all, then taking them both at one time is better than not. So. Not exactly. So it's so easy. You know, I always, it just the same thing with the probiotic. I'm like, it's just the easiest thing we could do um, just to maintain our, gut health and then of course with the k2 to maintain our bone health or support our bone health and our heart health and brain health and um it's it's these are very simple things to do that could make such profound such a profound impact on your overall health well i learned from you to take my probiotic with um with food um mm -hmm. which was good because i i was not and you know there is a lot of um kind of back and forth out there in health circles about it so i loved that um, that information from you, um, as to why we do that. Um, yeah. and then I wanted to ask you one other thing about a probiotic before, but before I do that with the capsules, the K2 capsules, I don't know if you can do this cause I know with your, um, with your probiotic, you can open up the capsule and sprinkle it onto stuff. Can you do that with these? Yes, we, you could do that with these. The only thing is we haven't tested them um, to bake with them. Like with the probiotic, we've actually tested to bake with them. So with the K2, um, we haven't tested whether they could survive this, you know, stability. The heat, of, okay. Yeah, the, but, um, we, but definitely you could open them and mix them with food. That's not a problem at all. If, if um, you have a child that can't swallow capsules. That was one of the things that blew me away um, about the Just Thrive probiotic. I'm like, Okay, but you can open it and sprinkle on the fan, but you can bake with it. Yes, I you, know. you can apply heat because, you know, another kind of myth busting thing we did in that episode was that your probiotics do not have to be refrigerated if they, you know, they shouldn't have to be because if they can't survive your hot body, as I like to say, your acidic um, stomach acid and all that good stuff, then um, they're gonna not going to, yeah, yeah, how are they going to, you know, they can't survive. So, um, so that was a good one. Um, okay, probiotic, because I get this question a lot about probiotics. When somebody is taking, has to take an antibiotic, which we know is not ideal, but sometimes mm -hmm. they're necessary, that does happen. Um, how would you suggest taking, timing um, the probiotic when you have to take an antibiotic? Yep. 
I would just say to take it two hours before, take the probiotic about two hours before you take the antibiotic. Um, you don't have to, um, I mean, it's, it's not like that you could take it at the same time, but just to absolutely be on the safe side, I would just take it two hours before you take the antibiotic. Okay. So okay. take two, and I always would say if you're taking an antibiotic, um, I would take two of the Just Thrive capsules. Usually the dose is just one a day, but you could take two because um, you just really want to be protecting your microbiome during that time. And I think I had mentioned, maybe I didn't in the previous episode, but um, we've done a study that shows that our strains actually survive the presence of an antibiotic, which is profound. I mean, most other probiotics would be destroyed by the presence of an antibiotic, but ours actually um, survive it completely. So we have a study on that as well. So, um, but I would just, just to be safe, just take it a couple hours before you take the antibiotic and then, and just make sure you're taking those two at least a month after you're taking the um, antibiotic because studies are showing that really just a single dose of antibiotics will negatively impact your microbiome for up to a year after taking an antibiotic. So it's really important to stay on the spore bacteria and just thrive after being on an antibiotic. That is amazing that an antibiotic will not destroy it. I know. I know. Just it, it, is amazing. It, 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 really, it blows my mind. Because, yeah. you know, and ex antibiotics go in there and it's like H-bombing your gut. And so right. It's, you know? <laughs> exactly. uh -huh. and, and so, I mean, it is just so critical to, to do the restorative work on your gut anytime. I mean, in general, because we, you know, we're in our modern society, we're just more compromised than, you know, historically and ancestrally. So oh, we, absolutely. We, we really do need to always be giving our gut some love. But the fact that... Um, the just thrive probiotic doesn't is not destroyed by antibiotic just really is amazing to me so cool yeah yes i know i'm excited about it too i get all excited too all the time <laughs> yes that's so very cool okay i think we covered a lot of good stuff here is there anything that i missed or you didn't get to share about k2 that we need to know or you think we covered it relatively well Oh, I think we did a great job in covering it. I think, um, you know, you, you hit on like the magnesium, how important that is, um, that we need to be taking that. And just, just to be mindful of, you know, get your blood tested with vitamin D. If you're taking a lot of vitamin D, just get your blood tested because, you know, maybe you're deficient and then you want to take more and more and more and more, but maybe you've already reached your threshold and then it can become toxic. And then it creates all kinds of other problems with K2 deficiencies. And then at the very least, if you're vi taking vitamin K or vitamin D, make sure you're taking vitamin K2-7 with it because that's really important. But I, th I think we cut covered most of it. And um, just, again, just in, all I would love to do is encourage people to just dive into these topics and just learn and immerse yourself. I mean, health is our, should be our number one priority in life. And yet people don't spend time because we're all so busy, um, myself included, but we need to spend time really educating ourselves about health and really um, knowing that that's a priority in our life and um, do what's right for you and what's, you know, based on what you've seen. Right. Because, you know, what I'm always reminding my, you know, my audience and my listeners and it's just that what my main goal for people to be healthy is just so that we can get out into the world and serve our purpose and be vibrant and energetic and just do everything that God created us to do and to be, because when you don't have your health, every, you know, everything in your life suffers, your relationships, your work, your, um, just everything, you know, yeah. everything suffers. If you don't feel well, when we feel well, we serve well. So you exactly. must be your own health advocate. Um, you do have that power in your hands. And I just love this information that you bring. It's so well-researched. Um, you explain it so well. I'm so grateful. If somebody wants to find out more about your K27, where do they go and what do they do? Okay. Um, just go to justthrivehealth.com and you could read all about our vitamin K27. Um, and the other thing is you could also, I mean, if you want to give it a try, we have a hundred percent money back guarantee. We stand behind our products a hundred percent because they work. So, and like their research, like we said, but, um, just, I just would encourage people to give it a try and see what they think. Um, I know there's a coupon code for you too, Chelsea, right? That we offered your listeners. Um, yes. And Chelsea. we'll link, yes, we'll link to it in the show notes and, you know, always share it on Facebook and have it 
on the website and all that good stuff. So, um, yeah, we, and we focus so much about um, education. So our blog content is really, really yes, good. it is. It is. If you I don't go mean to, say, to the... I shouldn't be so self. No, no, it is. But it's, we we spend a lot of our resources on creating really good blog content so people could really understand what they're doing. Yes. So check that out. And I, I do love their their empty bottle policy that you know you, you there's no risk. You um, try it out, and if it's not you know doesn't work for you, which I can't imagine it wouldn't, but it, they will you know right. they will refund you. So there's nothing to lose. Um, except your good health. So don't do that. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, all right, my friends. Well, um, thank you so much for listening today. If you have any questions, um, please let me know. I had some questions last time and I, you know, I emailed, you know, you and your team, Tina, and they're just so helpful. And, um, I was able to get back with some of my clients and, and people about uh, your product. And I know a lot of people are enjoying that. So very grateful for that. But, um, take care of your bones, people. Don't be supplementing all willy-nilly with the calcium and the vitamin D. Um, the K2 is so critical for bone health for you, for your kids, for everybody. Um, thank you, Tina, for being here. Thank you, Chelsea. I'm so excited to be here. I really appreciate the opportunity. I know. It was awesome. Um, have a healthy and blessed week, everybody, and I will talk to you soon. Remember that my mom is an awesome nutritionist, but she's not a doctor. The information in this podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Always talk to your doctor before making changes to your nutrition or exercise program. Thanks for listening. Have a healthy and blessed week.